0: Let's take our Bibles. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 1 and hear the Word of God. In Luke 1, uh, we'll read from verses 26 to 56, and then I'd like to read a passage from Luke 11. Luke 1, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Joseph. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah. She entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich. He has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Let's turn to Luke chapter 11. I'm just going to add a few more verses to read from there just to see that there is a major dispute about where Jesus gets his authority from. Um, Many unbelievers are saying he gets it from Satan, from the demons. That's how Jesus is doing miracles. And in Luke 11, verse 14, notice this, begins with mute Uh, He was casting out a demon, Luke 11, verse 14, and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, he casts out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others testing him, him sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all the armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who is not who does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than, them, than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So that was the first part I wanted to read, is the background, is that that some in the crowd were saying, Jesus gets His power from the devil. Now there's another solution. That's verse 27. And it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. And he said, more than that. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's our reading. May God add his blessing to the word we've just read. After the sermon, we're going to be singing hymn 17, which is the song of Mary put to music. Put to music again, I should say, because obviously Mary must have had music at first. Hymn 17 after the sermon. Congregation loved by our Lord Jesus Christ. Hi, how are you doing? Good morning. These are pretty typical greetings as we meet each other as we're coming into church. We don't always give it a lot of thought. Sometimes you say, how are you doing? And you're not waiting for an answer because it's just a way of saying, I noticed you're here. I'm not going to just ignore you. I'm going to say, how are you doing? And for the church, we're told, as congregation of Jesus Christ, we're told four times in the New Testament, very explicitly, greet one another with a holy kiss. Use a special greeting. Use a greeting with warmth, with care, with love, with joy. One reserved for those who are in Christ. That's what it means. Greet one another with a holy kiss. It's not the generic one that you get at the door as you enter Walmart. Be intentional when you meet someone who loves the Lord Jesus Christ. Greetings are significant in the Scriptures. This morning, I need to draw your attention to God's greeting for Mary. The one He's giving to Mary. The mother of Jesus. And I want you to notice the greeting, especially after the silence that we've had. You you heard this last week, right? You'll never forget the time that you had no blessing. Zechariah, the priest, had suddenly become mute and so you had no greeting, no blessing. God's servant was silent. Now, travel with me for a minute, because that was last Sunday. That was in Bethlehem, near Jerusalem, where the service of the temple was. But now, we're starting at verse 26. Where are we in verse 26? We're 80 miles north In a small town of Nazareth, nothing spectacular here, it's the region of the Galilee of the Gentiles, the land of deep darkness, Isaiah calls it, and we have come to a small home in Nazareth, a home where a young lady is living with her parents, a young virgin, we're eventually told her name is Mary. But let me give you just a few details to speed this along. She is young. She's less than 16 years old, but she's more than 12. So she's a teenager, like a lot of uh, kids in catechism class. Already, plans are made for her to be married, because that's how they did it back then. She is now betrothed. That's what it's called. She's betrothed. this young man Joseph, and Joseph's family and Joseph himself have paid an expensive dowry. A bride price to Mary's family. And this is the commitment stage to prepare for marriage. And if anything goes wrong in this stage, between something going wrong between Joseph and Mary, they cannot get out except by divorce. That's how strict this is. It's more than an engagement. And at this point, they do not live together. They don't sleep together. They are committed to their upcoming marriage. That's what Mary means when she says, how is this going to happen? I don't know a man. She means, I don't know a man in that marriage sense. So you you know Mary is young and she's at home. You can imagine that um, mom went out shopping and her dad's in the woodworking shop. And Mary is doing some homework at home maybe. When this greeting comes. Because it really seems like she's alone when she hears this rejoice highly favored one the lord is with you blessed are you among women that's a pretty fancy greeting over the top wouldn't you say especially generous compared to the one zechariah received zechariah don't do not be afraid zechariah for your prayer is heard Pretty blunt and to the point, right? That one. But now Mary hears this. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And it's high honor and blessing. And I want you to admit here, along with me, how difficult this is. I struggled a lot this week with this greeting. And apparently, I'm not the only one, Mary does too. Verse 29, you hear that? She was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. If you're perplexed, if you're stewing on this, it's because there's a bit of a problem here. And it's not the angel. We're not told if young Virgin Mary is surprised at the angel coming into her house. It would be kind of freaky. Uh, You remember how Zechariah was surprised and uh, very stunned. But, But this is not about the angel. It's the greeting. It's the kind, the manner, the tone. And you see it comes with authority. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. There's no way a human comes up with this. It's no opinion of somebody. The trouble that you have, that I have, that Mary has, is that it comes with God's authority on grace, favor, undeserved kindness, and here's the inside scoop of what heaven believes about Mary, what heaven knows about Mary, all this glory and honor to a human being. You know what the trouble is? Mary's an ordinary believer. And if you are like Mary, you know the Bible, you're going to flinch at this. What makes me so special? What have I done to deserve this? I'm not perfect. And that Mary, she's, she's admitting that. She'll get into the song that she sings, and then in verse 47, she'll be saying, My spirit rejoiced in God, my Savior. God, my Savior. I'm not perfect. I need a Savior to save me from my sin, the guilt of my sin, the power of my sin. And I want you to see the problem here. The problem with with God's greeting for Mary. It's way too much about Mary. And if you have Roman Catholic friends or you have a Roman Catholic background, you're like, yikes. This is probably why they pray to Mary. It's way too much about her. And Mary herself is thinking, what manner of greeting is this? Mr. Gabriel, I I think you got the wrong address. I'm just an ordinary girl. But the angel's not done. God's not done. Because even that initial greeting was huge. Listen. Verse 30. Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And then, keep going. In case you missed it, as soon as Gabriel leaves and Mary has to pack up her bags. And she's heading on over that 80 mile trip to the south to to meet with Elizabeth. To live with her. That three to four day trip. And arriving there, she's going through all these greetings. Mary says hello to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth has the second trimester baby, John the Baptist, who does this in utero leap of joy to greet the tiniest of new visitors that have just come in the house. Mary, inside of Mary's womb, is this brand new implanted baby, the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't mind Elizabeth speaking words like, blessed is the fruit of your womb. But no, she doesn't just say, blessed is the fruit of your womb, that little Jesus. But what bothers us is, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why does Elizabeth go over the top? She's like, why is this granted to me? Why is this awesome honor coming to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? You see what's happening. The mother of my baby Lord Jesus. You, Mary. What an honor to have you. And add to this as part of the greeting sequence. Verse 45. Elizabeth says, Blessed is she who believed. Blessed is Mary who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed are you. And finally. If you didn't think that was over the top, there it comes in Mary's song as well. Verse 47 and 48, her song begins, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for He has regarded the lowly state of His maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. I think you see the problem. As Jesus Christ comes close, almost Christmas, There's his mother Mary getting so much glory and honor and recognition. And you're like, come on, it's just Mary. No, brothers and sisters, I bring to you the word of God, the blessed Virgin Mary. And I can quote those words directly from the Belgian confession that we use. Article 18, the blessed Virgin Mary. We're not shy about using that. We're using God's own words. Even though we know there's been a lot of Mary worship that's come. So many doctrines that are just full out heresy. We're not going to overreact, are we? We're going to go into this. Why is she so blessed? Why should all generations, including our generation, why should we call her blessed? Well, I think most Reformed believers have a quick answer for this. I grew up with this quick, easy answer. Mary is called blessed because God chose her for this task of giving birth to Jesus. End of story. God chose her. It's a bit like a divine lottery. Someone had to do this. God called her number, and she was given the special privilege and honor. It is a privilege and an honor. And God did certainly choose her. But it shouldn't sit right with you. Look at those greetings. I often do this with uh, preparing a sermon. I'll take the Bible passage, the chapter or two. Because I have digital versions of it, I print it out in the smallest possible font. So I can't even read it. Or hardly can read it. And then I block things out to notice how much time is spent on a certain area. Because if I know how much time and attention God has, how many words God has used on something, I know that's got to be important. And if I have to preach, I have to preach what is important, not some obscure little word that might mean something in Greek. All of this attention to the greeting of God, to Mary. Rejoice! Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. And every time I underlined favored, God is with you. Among women, blessed. There's a lot in your Bible. And the angel Gabriel has respect for Mary. Elizabeth has respect for Mary. And it's more than just congratulations, God picked you. Why is Mary so blessed? Well, let's start with what's really clear. That's another important rule of reading the scriptures. What if we're actually told? Verse 45, the words of Elizabeth Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of these things which were told her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believed. Mary believed. And that's no small thing, especially with what you've just heard. What happened with Zechariah. Zechariah was not blessed. In fact, you could say that's a bit of a curse, right? To be made mute. To be made silent. And we're told there, the angel says, because you did not believe. And here's Mary. Blessed are you because you did believe. So my first point. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's my first point. And I need to make this point so that you know that Mary is blessed because she's a believer. And the Holy Spirit has been living in her heart right from an early age. So that she is this kind of believer. A blessed one who takes God at his word. Mary is this young virgin who, takes, who says to the angel, Me? Me? That's what she's saying to the angel. Me, to conceive and bear the Son of the Most High God without a man's involvement. Behold, verse 38, I am the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. But uh, how are you going to do it? Yeah, sign me up. How are you going to do it? This is her faith. Planted in her by God the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. I'll do it. But how? And this is the point. God could have chosen any virgin girl. The the Old Testament prophet uh, Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 9, it said, The virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. It could have been any virgin, but the Lord chose a believer. Someone willing. Someone humble and lowly. Someone who calls God her Savior. someone who is glad to serve the Lord Jesus. I want to illustrate this. And the best I can do right now is think about how you would show a movie or a video. Sometimes you have a presentation, let's say in the middle of the week, and I've seen you hang a projector screen over here, and you wheel out the projector cart, and you hook it up to the sound system. And if we were to compare all of that with the word of God. All the word of God is meant to show you Jesus Christ. All the equipment of the Old Testament, the projector, the screen, the sound all of that is meant to show you the Son of the Most High God, one who would be given the throne of his father David, one who would be reigning over the house of Jacob, and not just Jerusalem, but the twelve tribes. When you hear the house of Jacob, this is, is going to be a kingdom that has no end. And the Old Testament had, in a way, all of this equipment in place so that you would see Jesus Christ. And as we saw often in the Old Testament, God used individuals, and these individuals were pointing us to Christ. And I want to maybe make a comparison to Mary and a projector screen. Because there's a bit of a fabric to the screen, and the Word of God has been woven into Mary. She's a believer. The Holy Spirit has been weaving His Word into her life. And just think of the song that she comes up with, an inspired song. There's so many references to the Psalms in the Bible. Psalm 113 was one of them. Psalm 123, uh, Hannah's prayer, 1 Samuel 2. And there's this covenant language. Abraham, Jacob, David. The blessedness of Mary is the way she projects Jesus Christ. Who He is. And all she is, in one sense, is a boring, ordinary, flat, white screen. And so what you have, brothers and sisters, as the approach of the Son of God onto the world stage, we have had 400 silent years. And Luke lines us up for us. That we see angels, we see messengers of messengers, announcing the coming of Christ. The first chapter has been showing us these believers like Zechariah and Elizabeth, righteous ones, blameless in God's sight. And there's John the Baptist coming, and Mary, God says to Mary, you, blessed are you, Blessed are these people that have been coming so far. Blessed are you guys. You guys are like the loudspeakers. You are the screen. You're the projectors. You have been, in New Testament language, you're the jar of clay. Holding such treasure. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You hear it so often. Blessed are those who have humbled themselves to exalt the Lord Jesus. But cursed are those who sit on the most glorious news as if Jesus Christ is nothing. You'll hear Jesus say this. The angels in heaven will deny those who deny Jesus. Those who are silent about the Lord Jesus. Those who will not speak of their spiritual walk with the Lord Jesus Christ will be silent. The angels Have no recognition. I don't know who you are. Keep that in the back of your mind. Being silent about the Lord Jesus. Not welcoming Him. Not receiving Him. Not projecting Him. There's curse waiting for you. Now you look at Luke Luke chapter 1. You can't be indifferent about the Son of God. You hear the gospel as it's opening up. God is highlighting all those who glorify His Son. They too are glorified. You can't put this as either God is glorified or man is glorified. That doesn't work. Those who are glorified are those who glorify Jesus Christ. He delights in you. He is pleased with you. If you glorify His Son. If you glorify His Son, you will glorify Him. God the Father. Now if you look at verse 30. Verse 30, the angel says, Mary, you have found favor with God. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And our recent study of the book of Ruth has prepared us for, for this. There is this expression showing up, like, remember Ruth? She found favor with Boaz. Ruth said, let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. Just back up in your mind for a minute, thinking about Ruth. Ruth could never earn anyone's favor. You cannot earn favor. And favor doesn't just happen by itself. Believers go out and find favor. That's what they do. Believers go out to find favor. And Ruth deliberately went out into the fields, working and hoping and praying that she would come across someone's favor. She was praying for an undeserved kindness. She had this posture, I could never deserve it, I'm an outcast, I don't even belong to this people. I could never earn your blessing. But I'm looking for it. I'm asking for it. And that story of Ruth, it shows this this wonderful, beautiful woman pursuing favor. And at first just barely coming under the wings of God's favor in Boaz. Only to realize, actually that was bottomless. That was infinite favor. That was somehow tied to the favor of God in Jesus Christ, my Lord. I had no idea. point is we don't have trouble calling Ruth blessed, do we? Blessed among women. And we don't have trouble calling other beautiful women blessed, beautiful with, with some history to them, like Rahab the prostitute, and Tamar, who somehow weasels her way into the kingdom of God, into God's people. What makes them so blessed? And why is Mary so Blessed? It's not complicated, because they're signing up for this. They're willing. Where you go, I will go, your people, my people. And sometimes they push and shove. John the Baptist will speak of violence entering the kingdom of God, to be in the very lineup of Jesus Christ. Here, let me, I want to be part of the screen of Jesus Christ. Let Jesus Christ be exalted. Like that hymn we sing quite often, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. We're saying, Lord, let me be a jar of clay. Just a jar of clay. That's enough. I want to hold Christ, my treasure. And you know Isaiah 66, verse 2 says, there's God saying, Isaiah 66, these are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble, contrite in spirit, those who tremble at my word. I want you to see, Mary is blessed as a disciple, as one of the first and most committed I am your maidservant. Behold, your maidservant, I'm yours. My womb is yours. Let me be in your service. Verse 38, let it be to me according to your word. I don't know how, Lord, you're going to do this, but I'm available. If you want to do your miracle through me, fine. It's your power. It's your glory. Congregation, if we're going to do this right, if all generations are going to do this right, calling Mary blessed, we should notice the kind of disciple she is. Blessed. She finds favor with God. Look at Mary like we've seen Ruth. They're saying, Lord, I don't mind being invisible to the whole world if only I find favor with you. There are so many ways in the world that you seek to feel treasured. Right? You just think of so many habits and practices. You want to feel treasured. I only want to hear God say, rejoice. Highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. The point is, if we put aside, if you can put aside heresies for a moment that try to make Mary sound as if she's perfect, we still have to notice the weight of the text, the scripture, the volume of words, the greeting that highlights Mary. She has found favor with God, and the Holy Spirit has worked a very simple faith that says, I trust you, Father. take you at your word, I'm your servant. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. Now briefly, I'm going to make the second point real short here. The Holy Spirit overshadows Mary, overwhelms Mary. Okay, this is getting to the miracle part. So What man cannot do, what is impossible for man, is possible with God. And the Holy Spirit came upon her, and the power of the Most High overshadowed her. That's how she became pregnant. She conceived the baby Jesus. And this is what happens. Mary has gone from, okay, I'm your maidservant, to, oh, that's how. Power from on high. Oh, God Himself. Okay, you've got this. Mary has handed her future over to God himself. Think about this. How much she will need the Holy Spirit in her life. Because she has volunteered for a world of pain. A world of shame. Being a mother outside of marriage. And all rumors start to circulate. You can find that in the Gospel of John too. The Pharisees accused Jesus of being born out of wedlock. Even her husband-to-be, there's Joseph, a righteous man. Matthew's Gospel will mention him. He figures Mary has done something untoward on her trip down south for three months. What happened there? So the question is, Mary, will the Holy Spirit be your power? Will He overshadow you for the rest of your life? Will the greeting of God, the greeting highly favored one, Blessed are you among women. Will that still encourage her during the shame and embarrassment and the judgment she faces from her family and from the religious leaders? Mary hands it over to the Lord like a true disciple. Lord, I'm your servant. And like any disciple, you realize it's not all glamorous to be a servant of the Lord. You will have to bear a cross. Shame. Tell me who I am. Remind me of your greeting, Lord. You are with me. I have found favor with you. Please overshadow me with your Holy Spirit. And if you see that pattern, brothers and sisters, you'll see it more often. God's people are, when they're out of steam, when God's people are hopeless, they're helpless, they're primed for the Holy Spirit to fill them. Just think of Pentecost. Eleven disciples are changed from weak, helpless disciples cowering in the upstairs room. And suddenly they're proclaiming Jesus Christ in power. They're overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. That's my second point. What a difference it makes. By the power of the Holy Spirit. But now the third point here. The Holy Spirit inspires Mary. We've come to the song of Mary. Verse 46. My soul magnifies the Lord. This really nails the point. What's so blessed about Mary? And what is so blessed about many believers in the Bible? What is especially about Mary? She magnifies the Lord. Yeah? Think of the technology of a magnifying glass. You see through it. Things look bigger. Brings things into focus. You think about the projector. The projector screen. To magnify the Lord Jesus. song of mary inspired by the holy spirit she magnifies the lord she makes the lord great even though she mentions herself a lot of times you'll notice that she mentions herself many times and all generations will call her blessed it's not centering on her she is magnifying the lord may jesus christ be great Sometimes behind the scenes. The scripture shows what's going on behind the scenes. How have you seen Jesus Christ great? What has God used? Who has God used so that you see Jesus Christ great? You recognize characters in the Bible because they have amplified the Lord Jesus Christ. They have exalted Him. They have magnified Him. And so Mary's hymn of praise is about taking the proud and God knocking them down. Her hymn is about taking the lowly, the humbled ones like herself and raising them up. And the Holy Spirit's inspiring her with this message, The theme you'll see throughout the Bible, those who are proud, they need no help. And maybe you say, oh, that's not me. No, the proud are those who think they need no Savior. They don't magnify the Lord Jesus. That's what it is. You want to know if you're a proud person? You can go a day without praying to Him. You can go hours without needing His help. Without ever pointing to Him in a conversation with somebody else. You can hear the law of God. You can hear the scriptures and be confident. You don't need divine intervention because you're doing fine on your own. Not too bad. And that's the proud. The proud are those who eat and drink. They buy and sell like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, like the days of Noah. So will be the day of the coming of the Son of Man. They never saw Him coming. They were not magnifying Him. They didn't feel like it. Yeah, you might believe in Jesus, that he exists, but do you magnify him? Because the proud don't. And here's the humble. You think about the humble. Look at Mary, why she is blessed. She magnifies the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you think she's great, you're right. She takes on the greatness of a servant. Remember how Jesus said that to the disciples? You know who the greatest is? And he takes a child. Or he says, he who would be a servant. would be the greatest. And here is Mary in the image of her son. Kind of flipped around. Usually you expect children to be the image of their mom. No, Mary is in the image of her son. And she gives us a glimpse of who Jesus Christ will be. Oh, Whatever the Lord says, yeah, I'm good with that. Whatever he commands, yep. Go ahead, use me. So Luke 1, the stage is set. Those who are great in the kingdom are those who point to the great king. They welcome him. They serve him. And they're okay with being humble and small and invisible In the service of their great king. On a good day, when a projection, something on the screen projector goes well, you never notice the sound guy, you never notice the technology, because you've noticed what you were meant to see. Have you seen Jesus Christ? Because you can call Mary blessed. because she points you to Christ brothers and sisters Luke 1 is filled with greetings we began the service worship grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ grace to you and peace You are my disciples. Follow me. And if you believe Mary is blessed, you admire her spunk, her faith, her courage. She magnifies the Lord. Let's do the same. And let's look forward to one more greeting. One more greeting on that great day of our Lord Jesus Christ when God says well done good and faithful servant you have magnified my son Amen